You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Xmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at xmark.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 350, entitled, The Problems with Switching to Battery-Powered Equipment. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for the questions, the comments, and the feedback that you guys are sending through. Spring is here. Hopefully, you guys uh, have all... uh, had a chance to uh, get out there uh, and at least get uh, your equipment dusted off. Uh, I know for uh, us here on the West Coast, uh, there's uh, already mowing happening and some lawn treatments going down. I've seen guys uh, starting to aerate uh, and all that. And uh, on the uh, East Coast, uh, maybe not so much for some of you guys. Uh, I know... Uh, that uh, there's actually been a little bit, uh, a couple of like snow flurries and stuff, uh, uh, at least in Canada, uh, on uh, in like Ontario and stuff, uh, still uh, sort of, uh, you know, hitting that uh, region. Uh, but hopefully, uh, you know, that clears up soon and all you guys uh, can uh, get out there uh, on the ground uh, and, uh, you know, hit the ground running uh, in terms of uh, getting your lawn care uh, business up and going for this spring Uh for me, uh, as I mentioned, I think I mentioned uh, last week, uh, we've had just uh, just that whole pattern of rain and stuff, uh, you know, happening. Uh, it's been a very slow start uh, for the season, uh, for me at least, um, just with just the constant rain, constant wet. And I just, uh, for this year, wanted to, uh, you know, I like doing those first cuts of the season, getting out there with the sunshine and blue skies uh, to be able to do, you know, take the edger out and all that sort of stuff and uh, get everybody's uh, lawns kind of whipped into shape and stuff. And it's difficult to do uh, when it's constantly raining, um, you know, edging, uh, uh, especially uh, when it's overgrown and stuff uh, from the winter. Uh, and it's just so muddy and mucky. Uh, you can hear the water with every footstep coming out of the ground and stuff. So, you know, I was trying to avoid that. So uh, I only actually got in as of, of uh, this recording, uh, one day of uh, mowing uh, so far uh, that I was able to fit in. Hopefully this week is supposed to be a little bit better. So I should be able to uh, knock out uh, the rest of them to get their at least their first cuts uh, going. And now typically every year uh, for the past 17 years, when I do the first cut, I typically will skip the second week uh, because the lawn is just sort of waking up uh, and, you know, giving it that first sort of uh, uh, cut there. It kind of gets things going. I'll do like a moss control tr- treatment on uh, a lot of those lawns uh, as well, uh, ones uh, that, that want that sort of, you know, those extras done to it. Uh, but typically, yeah, going into that second week after that first cut, not m- too much is happening. Uh, so uh, I'll tend to skip uh, a lot of them, uh, if not all of them. Uh, and then uh, starting by the third week, 
then it just goes into the regular weekly rotation uh, after that. Uh, and, uh, you know, we uh, get into it uh, full time from then on until uh, the end of the season. Uh, so this year, as I mentioned a little bit, I think I touched on it at the end of last week's episode, uh, sort of ran out of time or something I was planning to talk about a little bit more. Um, but uh, planning on, uh, you know, what I'm uh, sort of my plans for this season in terms of uh, the lawn care business goes. And I've been very intrigued. A lot of you guys know uh, that I do uh, like battery-powered equipment. Uh, I do see the value in using it in a lot of, um, you know, scenarios. And there's, you know, so many reasons for this uh, in terms of, you know, the, just the <laughs> you know, the noise. As I was saying that, I was just laughing to myself because I was uh, thinking uh, another reason popped in my head as I go through saying things like, you know, uh, reduced noise and, you know, the smell of the fumes and, uh, you know, going through that list. But the other reason that kind of popped in the back of my head that made me laugh and, uh, was uh, thinking to myself, and maybe because you're turning into a grumpy old guy. Uh, so... <laughs> So maybe that's part of it too. Uh, but uh, fuel prices, of course, uh, are at uh, historically uh, record highs. Uh, but I've talked about how, uh, you know, for the past few years, I have dabbled with using battery-powered equipment, um, you know, uh, all of the uh, Milwaukee stuff uh, that I've had uh, has is sort of the extent of uh, what I've used in my lawn care business in terms of battery powered equipment. So it's the Milwaukee's like uh, a fuel 18 volt system that they have. So it's the uh, and I do like that system because of the um, interchangeability <clears throat> or um just that uh, sort of uh, uh, the way that their battery works on all of their tools. It's not a proprietary battery for that specific, uh, you know, tool for outdoor equipment. It's like you can take that battery <clears throat> or battery, that 18 volt system and take that battery and throw it on a drill uh, or take that battery and throw it on, uh, you know, one of the 300, I think they're up to 300 different power tools, uh, battery operated power tools that use that 18 volt system. So I really like it for that because it, um, you know, and it's one of those things that um, I've heard a lot of people uh, complaining about uh, when I look into battery powered uh, equipment. I'll give an example uh, of uh, some of the complaints that I hear. Uh, so uh, Echo USA, um, last year they launched or, or announced their um, new E-Force 56-volt uh, um, system, uh, and they have a whole bunch of uh, new battery-operated uh, tools that, uh, you know, uh, from uh, the first uh, looks of it, seem to be pretty impressive Uh and uh but where the controversy kind of comes up with a lot of people is that echo did previously have a uh different battery powered system i can't remember uh the exact voltage it might have been 53 volts or something like that it was a completely different platform and the new platform is not interchangeable uh with uh you know the old platform you can't use the new 56 volt e-force batteries on uh, the old system and where that sort of is a pain point for people that I have uh, observed in just reading uh, comments uh, that I've seen 
on people doing reviews and things of the new uh, eForce system. You'll see people commenting who uh, purchased the old version, uh, the old battery-powered version. And, you know, they're upset about that uh, because, you know, they invested quite a bit of money in buying a mower, a trimmer and stuff. And, and these are typically, uh, uh, from what it sounds like, homeowners uh, at this point buying that stuff. And they're, you know, upset that, you know, they bought into the system that's only like a year old or two years old. And, you know, now it's basically obsolete uh, and stuff. Now, Echo has told... Um, uh, announced that they were keeping the old system as well and that the new system, uh, the new E4 system would be uh, available alongside the old version. Now, I don't know, you know, uh, that doesn't really make sense to me. Um, if that's what they're saying they're going to do, you know, then obviously that's what they're doing. Obviously, you would think the new version would be taking over the old version. Uh, so, you know, as a plus for people that have the old uh, version, now that means that uh, they can still buy uh, more tools and stuff that will work with their older system. Uh, it's also important to note too that uh, Echo uh, does support their equipment for 10 years uh, after uh, they stop producing it. Um, that uh, they will continue to provide parts and stuff like that. So if you... Uh, you know, have uh, the older version, I would assume that it would be the same uh, with their battery powered stuff, not just their gas powered stuff that, you know, um, that hopefully, you know, if you needed a battery five years from now for that older version or something like that, that you would still be able to purchase a, a battery for that older version. Um, that's, you know, I'm guessing uh, that that uh, would be the same across the board for all the stuff, but, you know, I can't confirm uh, that for sure. But that is some of the, you know, the pain point that comes from that sort of thing, because it's a proprietary battery system for that particular tool. And if they stop making that tool and decide they, you know, technology is uh, newer or different, and they want to go in a different direction, they want to change the types of batteries, whatever the case may be, to, you know, increase performance or whatever the case may be that, you know, then, you know, that's where that becomes an issue. And that's where, you know, that Milwaukee system I really like because they uh, build all of their tools around their standard 18 volt battery system. So, you know, uh, you know, they've been uh, putting out uh, that 18 volt battery system uh, in terms of like drills and, uh, you know, all those sorts of uh, uh, basic type uh, carpentry type tools and stuff for years before uh, they produced their first, uh, you know, outdoor uh, piece of equipment that used an 18 volt system. Uh, and so in that term, uh, or in that sense, that's where I really like that part of it, because the batteries are, you know, readily available. You know, you can go to any, you know, home improvement store and you can get those 18 volt uh, Milwaukee batteries that will work in that equipment. So, you know, a few years down the line, you can get batteries for it. And uh, also the fact that those batteries uh, are interchangeable with other uh, pieces of equipment. So you can buy more and expand your collection of Milwaukee uh, fuel tools uh, and use those same batteries to power uh, a lot of those tools uh, without having to have uh, multitudes of batteries and chargers and things that you're uh, tripping over. 
So that's one of the considerations. Now, I, um, you know, interviewed uh, a bunch of, um, you know, guys here over the past winter as part of the winter interview series. And a couple of notable ones uh, were to do with uh, that battery powered, uh, you know, type of a business, a lawn care business that runs on battery powered I interviewed uh, uh, Sandy uh, De Leon from Electric Turf Pros. That was, I believe, episode number 340. And then Michael Reed uh, from Quiet Lawn in episode 341. And Michael had a, a neat little um, kind of a business set up uh, as well, uh, just because of uh, sort of taking it a step further. Uh, if you listen to that interview where he had um, Toyota Priuses that he was using. And, and, you know, of course, he was targeting smaller, dense city type lawns, um, which is why it sort of appeals to me, because that is, uh, you know, the type of uh, lawns that I service as well. And uh, so he was using these uh, Toyota Priuses. He had sort of a uh, like a trailer hitch on the back of it and had one of those uh, like a, a platform, almost like a wheelchair or a mobility scooter type rack on the back. But the one he had looked like it was custom made for uh, his business and, and putting a mower on the back. So he would have, you know, his battery powered 21 inch or 25 inch. Uh, I can't remember uh, which one he was using, uh, depending on which brand it was uh, on the back of that. And then he would carry uh, the trimmer and blower and stuff battery powered in the back of the Prius. And uh, they would mow lawns uh, like that. So they were going full, uh, you know, very uh, efficient uh, with uh, the vehicle uh, being the only thing that required some fuel being a hybrid. But I, even then, I think he said he was stopping at uh you know, gas stations once every six weeks uh, to top off the car, uh, car's fuel tank, because of course it's a hybrid. So it's using electric power uh, for a lot of that. And, uh, you know, I, uh, like I've said before, uh, have uh, really liked using battery powered equipment, uh, that Milwaukee stuff, especially for uh, hedge trimming. Uh, I switched, uh, you know, my very first piece of uh, battery powered equipment was, I think, the Milwaukee hedge trimmer, uh, the handheld hedge trimmer. And, uh, you know, it was fantastic. Uh, just being able to, you know, pop a battery in, pull the trigger and away you go. Like no uh, having to uh, sit and st- pull the cord and try to prime it and get it to start, especially if you're using a piece of equipment that's rarely used. Say, you know, if your you know main tasks in your business are mowing and trimming lawns, but occasionally you have uh, use for, say, uh, a hedge trimmer or a chainsaw or something like that. Uh, where, you know, having that gas version of that, uh, which, you know, I have as well, I have gas uh, hedge trimmers, I have uh, gas uh, chainsaws. And because I don't use them very often, in some cases, uh, especially with a chainsaw, it might be once a year uh, that I need a chainsaw. And when I think about, you know, the cut, uh, for example, on a chainsaw, if I'm going to cut something, uh, and how long it'll take to cut uh, with a chainsaw. In most cases, it'll take me, you know, three to four times longer, uh, if not even longer than that, uh, to just get the chainsaw started uh, because it's been sitting for so long. 
in between uses. And, you know, as we all know, even though, uh, you know, you're using mixed fuel and all that sort of stuff that has, you know, stabilizer and things already in it, especially uh, uh, with uh, Echo Red Armor stuff uh, that I was uh, using, uh, you know, it's it's not as bad, but it still does take a long time to uh, get it started. And you're having to warm it up and idle uh, for a little bit because, you know, if you pull the trigger right away, it just stalls out. It's not warmed up enough and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it sometimes just becomes more of a pain to use the gas powered uh, piece of equipment for something like that intermittently here and there where there's none of that with battery powered. Uh, you know, if you know you're going to need that for that job uh, that day, you just make sure you throw uh, those batteries on a charger uh, the night before, make sure uh, they're ready to go. And, uh, you know, you pop a battery in and pull the trigger and you're ready to go. No warm up time, no messing around with getting it started and, and all that sort of stuff. So there's, uh, you know, a lot of clear advantages when it comes uh, to battery power uh, and, um, you know, ever since I started uh, using uh, the battery powered uh, hedge trimmer, uh, I've since, uh, you know, have been able to use uh, the Milwaukee quick lock system, which is basically like their version of a um, attachment capable system, much like the Echo PAS system or the steel combi system, that sort of thing, um, where you get, uh, you know, a, a unit that can have, uh, you know, a stick edger, a string trimmer, a hedge trimmer, an extension pole, um, a you know, a little uh, chainsaw pruning attachment, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so I have the Milwaukee uh, Quick Lock uh, system uh, with their uh, hedge trimmer attachment, uh, as well as the string uh, trimmer attachment for it. Uh, but uh you know, in particular, the hedge trimmer attachment is what I use it uh, mostly for. So it has like the uh, 100, I think it's 180 degree articulating uh, hedge trimmer attachment. So you can, uh, you know, change or pivot the angle of that uh, uh, hedge trimmer cutting blade uh, to, uh, uh, you know, uh, trim hedges, contours the way that you uh, would need to. So, you know, ever since I got those two pieces, especially now that I have both, like the uh, articulating uh, attachment on the quick lock and then the, the standard handheld uh, hedge trimmer, I have not. Um, I think I've had that for three years. This will be the fourth year now that I've had the Milwaukee uh, system. Uh, and uh, I have not used my gas hedge trimmers ever since. I have the steel uh, um hedge trimmer I like a handheld hedge trimmer I can't remember uh, the model number uh, right off the top of my head right now uh, it has escaped me uh, and uh, also uh, I have a combi system that has art articulating hedge trimmer attachment as well as uh, an extension pole uh, that I can put on there that I have used in the past for like really tall hedges uh, to be able to uh, do that without a ladder uh, but I have not used uh, either of those tools in the past three going on now, you know, four seasons uh, ever since I got the battery powered stuff. The battery powered stuff for me is just a joy to use. Uh, again, no fumes, no messing around with getting it started. You just put in a fresh battery and away you go. And the battery life on that Milwaukee system uh, at least, because I can't speak obviously to other uh, brands and stuff because I haven't uh, used, uh, you know, any of the other brands. Uh, but at least on the Milwaukee system, you know, 
it is true to their claims that, uh, you know, a sort of a nine amp hour battery, which is what would come in uh, with the hedge trimmer if you bought like the, the kit that includes like a battery and a charger, uh, is two hours of continuous trimming of hedge trimming with uh you know a full charge of that nine amp hour battery and depending on the tool that that run time uh is different so if you take that exact same battery and put it in their string trimmer then it's only an hour of run time uh, on that same battery on the hedge trimmer it's two hours uh, and i think if you put that same battery in um you know their handheld blower then uh, i think that's one of the lowest uh, run times uh, that they do um, on that can't remember exactly what the run time is on the blower off the top my head but uh, it's lower than an hour uh, using that same battery so interesting that the different uh, tools uh, you know obviously uh, run the batteries down uh, differently even though they're the same uh, batteries that you can use but you know in a hedge trimmer and that's why i always recommend you know if you want to dabble in battery uh, powered tools one of the best things that you can do right off the start as your first sort of tool would be a hedge trimmer is use that because they just seem to be uh, the most efficient uh, when it comes to using battery powered uh, equipment so that would be my recommendation uh, for that is uh, look at a hedge trimmer first if you're looking uh, to buy your very first piece of battery powered equipment. So, you know, I've been, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, uh, sort of looking into this, uh, uh, you know, uh, getting interested especially since uh you know the price of fuel has just been you know ridiculous uh, especially here on the west coast of canada uh, with all of uh you know a lot of the taxes and stuff that we have to pay on top of uh uh you know the regular fuel prices and all that stuff um, that the government adds uh for uh you know carbon taxes and all that sort of stuff it gets quite expensive uh, for fuel so you know the idea of uh, you know switching to using battery power more and more often uh, to me is appealing uh, for that. Uh, the other reason uh, that I think um, that my business obviously is a good candidate is because of those size properties that I do. That the majority of the properties that I mow in my business are those smaller, dense city type properties. I do have larger properties uh, that I do deal with. Um, but, you know, they're more of uh, the exception uh, than the rule. And I wouldn't mind at some point in the future of uh, going to just doing small properties only. Um, I've uh, long said before, I've done uh, YouTube videos on this as well, that at least in my business, in my geographical area uh, where I service properties that I believe, uh, I've not even, not only even believe, but I've proven to myself uh, in pricing and all that sort of stuff that the small, dense city properties are by far the most profitable uh, to be uh, mowing. Not only because uh, the equipment is a lot more uh, inexpensive when you get to the mower side. Obviously, trimmers and blowers are the same. Uh, but when you get to, um, you know, the mower side of it, um, you know, you're typically, you know, push mowing these uh, small, uh, dense uh, city properties. A lot of these are tiny little lawns now that you would use, uh, you know, just a 21-inch mower or, the, or a 30-inch mower at the most uh, on. And, uh, you know, the prices of buying a, 
a commercial push mower versus buying, uh, you know, a zero turn mower, obviously right there, that's a huge uh, discrepancy and price difference between uh, those two pieces of equipment and uh, being able to be profitable enough or, you know, how long it takes uh, to truly be profitable once you've paid off that equipment. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's for me, uh, it's a no brainer that uh, the small dense properties are way more profitable. The other thing too, is that, you know, if I get to like some of my larger properties, um, you know, where I have to, uh, you know, sit on a mower for an hour, hour and a half or something like that, you know, I might be topping out at like, you know, $120 or something like that to do a, a large, you know, property like that. And, you know, you'll look at it and go, Hey, that's great. You just made 120 bucks mowing that lawn or whatever. But when I think about the small lawns that I do and the fact that, you know, I can push mow them, uh, and be in and out, uh, in less than say a half an hour or so, uh, and, uh, at the most, uh, and, you know, on average, I'm getting $50 for, uh, you know, your average city property is like, well, it makes way more sense to uh, mow uh, smaller uh, properties, especially as you get into like root density and stuff like that. And you get them side by side, then it really starts to add up because then you're, you know, trimming, you know, two or three properties at a time. Uh, then you, you're mowing two or three properties at a time. Some of them, uh, are so small and side by side that, you know, there's no fences or anything like for the front yards and stuff. So you're mowing, you know, two or three front yards, uh, which I've done in the past where you're mowing them, uh, all as basically one big property, uh, just going back and forth, uh, uh particularly, uh, when you have two of them and there might be, uh, like no sidewalk. Uh, like if you do a third one, there's going to be at least one sidewalk in the way. Uh, but even then, uh, you know, you're basically uh, right there. You haven't moved the truck or anything like that. And it makes it so easy. And, uh, you know, it's uh, so much more profitable uh, in that uh, particular sense. So I could see, um, you know, myself transitioning over time. I've also talked about how uh, with property sizes and real estate prices, you know, the ongoing theme here on the West Coast with properties just being so expensive and larger properties, uh, you know, going, um, you know, becoming extinct, basically, every time uh, they seem to go for sale, uh, they're usually subdivided and, uh, and then, you know, multiple smaller houses built on the same uh, uh, property uh, that once held one house might now be uh, four houses or something like that uh, for those, uh, you know, larger properties. So, uh, you know, the need uh, more and more uh, each year for uh, larger uh, pieces of equipment in my particular business, in my, uh, you know, geographic area, uh, and then you, um, you know, uh, put do the math, put the equation together uh, with uh, the crazy weather that we've had in the past few years. Look at just this spring, uh, you know, uh, talking about uh, just how much rain it's been. I've been delayed in getting started uh, and how that was the case in the fall as well with flooding and all that sort of stuff. So those larger mower, it becomes harder and harder to use larger mowers on properties because there's just so much water and ground, uh, you know, saturation that you have to wait longer and longer to be able to take those uh, and, and, you know, wait for sort of ideal conditions uh, to be able to take those bigger, heavier commercial pieces of equipment out. Or, you know, I can just get out there with a 21 inch mower and it's obviously a lot lighter or a 30 inch mower or whatever the case may be. Uh, 
Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a lot lighter. So it almost, uh, you know, it starts to make sense as you see that sort of transition. The other sort of downside for me in, um, you know, my particular business, again, something that I've talked about year after year after year, uh, because of, uh, those, uh, you know, uh, consequences with the pricing of property and smaller properties and subdividing and, you know, neighborhoods uh, being, uh, you know, full of what, you know, I always refer to as shoebox homes is uh, that issue with parking. Uh, you know, when you show up to a neighborhood like that, uh, that has, uh, you know, a bunch of houses that have these tiny little, um, you know, they're very, very tiny front, uh, sort of, uh, widths to the properties. Um, you know, they remind me a lot of what you would think of like a classic sort of San Francisco house, um, where, you know, they're like three story houses, but very, very narrow houses. Um, I think in San Francisco, uh, you know, some of the popular or famous ones, uh, if you've ever seen the show, um, you know, Full House or Fuller House, you know, sort of the opening credits where they show, I think they're called, the, I think those particular houses are called the Painted Ladies. Um, they're very, you know, famous uh, houses in San Francisco where they're very skinny and, and tall. Uh, so that's what sort of the, like the neighborhoods are turning into here, uh, is a lot of that type of thing. So when I show up with a, you know, a diesel crew cab pickup, full-size crew cab pickup truck towing a trailer uh, that, uh, you know, if I can find parking, you know, takes up at least uh, the front um, frontage of at least two houses, uh, you know, going on to, you know, part of the third house uh, just to find, you know, a parking spot for uh, it becomes very, very difficult um, for that because there's just so many uh, vehicles around, um, you know, the, that cost of real estate with those three, um, you know, uh, stories. And then uh, they'll have sometimes like a little garage in the back that has uh, what they call a coach home above a, sort of like a rental suite that they can rent out to help sort of, uh, you know, um, help pay the mortgage down on the house. Um, so then you have, uh, you know, a potential tenants living at each house uh, that will also have a vehicle uh, parked on that front street. Uh, and then here I come with that, uh, you know, the big truck and uh, trailer uh, trying to find parking uh, to do a thing. So I can see sort of it was really appealing to me uh, talking to uh, Michael Reed from Quiet Lawn when he was mentioning, uh, you know, using like the Toyota Prius, just like a smaller vehicle, uh, and it wouldn't necessarily need to be a Toyota Prius. It could be, uh, you know, a small little van even, uh, like the Nissan. Um, Nissan has that little NV200 uh, cargo van. Uh, would be a great little uh, sort of van, cargo van setup for that type of a business. Uh, and uh, incidentally, uh, with that as well, they actually just, an- I don't know if they just announced, but I just, I just noticed uh, at least... Uh, in doing a bunch of uh, research um, as well, that that NV200 van is now available, I think, in Europe and maybe in parts of the USA as an electric vehicle. And it's called now the ENV200, so the electric version of that little van. And I was like, whoa, that would be just like, uh, you know, an awesome little uh, vehicle for a lawn care business, little electric cargo van, uh, you know, especially if you're going all battery-powered equipment uh, and uh, to go, uh, you know, into something like that. So, uh, 
I'm just going to take a, a quick break and then uh, I'm going to get into sort of my thought process as I've been uh, thinking about this. Uh, some of the other little moves that I've made uh, towards uh, this direction and uh, what I'm um, finding sort of uh, problems uh, in planning out uh, how to transition to uh, battery power. So uh, stay tuned. Choosing the right equipment also means getting service and support you can trust. Hi, it's Michelle with the Xmart Customer Service Team. We are committed to giving you the expert technical support necessary to keep your equipment performing at its best. Reach us by phone, email, or social media on any weekday, and we will respond quickly with advice you can trust because it comes straight from the folks who built your machines. Visit xmark.com to learn about Xmark's industry-leading service and parts support. Okay, so uh, as I mentioned uh, before the break there, uh, I have been uh, really sort of thinking about um, trying to do and and making a serious go of using some battery-powered equipment uh, this particular year. Uh, as mentioned previously, I have a, a bunch of uh, the Milwaukee stuff already. Uh, so I have uh, the Milwaukee, like their regular string trimmer. I have their quick lock system. That is the string trimmer that is attachment-capable. Uh, with a hedge trimmer attachment. I also have their dedicated uh, handheld hedge trimmer. Uh, I have um, uh, their the Milwaukee chainsaw uh, and uh, also uh, their backpack sprayer. Uh, I have that uh, as well. I think, um, I can't remember what that one is called, uh, the switch tank or something like that. Uh, so anyways, I have, uh, that particular system. I've got, uh, Milwaukee drills and stuff as well. Uh, so I've got a lot of the M18 batteries around that I can use, uh, in, uh, you know, the, uh, sort of experiments this year. Now I had, uh, previously tried using, uh, the Milwaukee battery powered stuff, uh, and made a couple of YouTube videos and stuff like that. Uh, uh, mostly like, you know, could you use the battery power? How many batteries would you need, uh, to, uh, run it all day? And in my tests, uh, doing like, um, uh, you know, a typical sort of a day, or I might do, you know, 11, 12 houses, something like that. Uh, I could uh, run uh, two of the nine amp hour batteries uh, for just doing the string, string trimming uh, portion of it. And then I think the next week after that, I did a, a similar test on the exact same houses. And uh, but I was using the the new 12 amp hour battery that they had put out. Uh, so I tried that with the string trimmer. And I was able to get through the whole day with uh, the one string trimmer now or source battery. Now, uh, keep in mind that this is these are those, you know, small, dense uh, city uh, type properties. Um, so, you know, and I did that and that was sort of the extent of it uh, in terms of string trimming because I didn't at the time uh, see much benefit to using the string trimmer. It was more of a pain at the time to, you know, I have to remember to charge batteries and all that sort of stuff when, you know, fuel prices weren't really a big deal. Now with fuel prices, uh, you know, constantly going up and it's not so much the, um, the price of the fuel, because of course you can raise your customer prices and all that. Uh, but what the issue to me is, is just the uncertainty uh, behind it. Um, you know, in having to give a customer a price and obviously they expect you to stick to that price, but having the costs that, 
you're required to pay to be able to provide that business constantly fluctuating. Uh, you know, fuel prices from this year to last year, it's like 40% difference in price. So that's a huge uh, difference. And especially when fuel is, uh, you know, for your typical lawn care business is going to be the most expensive uh expense in your business it's it's you know the, the thing you're going to spend the most money on uh, in uh, providing uh, the service uh, to your customers so that's another uh, of the things that um I liked about uh, battery power uh, was just that it would it would just uh, make some stability in uh, pricing in knowing my own costs because of course uh, knowing your numbers is the most important thing and uh, you know, if we, if you have a commodity like gas that's constantly changing price, it's very difficult uh, to know, like from day to day or week to week. You know, if you fill up one week at one price and then you fill up next week and the grass price is different, well, now your profit is different on those lawns that you're doing. Yet that customer is paying the same price that they did, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season. Whereas with uh, the electricity, it's more stable. It's going to be a particular price and, and, you know, it doesn't have those crazy fluctuations, at least where I live. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, how it is everywhere else, how they bill and stuff like that. Uh, but where I'm at, um, electricity is, uh, you know, uh, relatively uh, stable. Uh, I get charged uh, 14 cents. I believe it is 14 cents per kilowatt. Uh, so it's it's not too bad. Now, I've been doing a lot of uh, research and a lot of, uh, I've talked to you guys about uh, and mentioned that, you know, one of my uh, things that I want to do uh, one day is to buy a Tesla. It's one of my, uh, you know, sort of my dream car to have. Uh, and there's some reasons why I haven't, uh, up to this point, I hadn't purchased one yet. Uh, and that was because of my kids being younger my son's 17. He just got his driver's license. Uh, my daughter just turned 20. Uh, she's in university. Um, so they're constantly using my car. And I was like, uh, you know what? I don't want to, um, you know, buy a, a Tesla for the price that they are um, and have my 17-year-old learn how to drive on it. Uh, it's just one of those things. That's just like, you know what? It's it's not going to happen <laughs> sort of thing, right? Um, but now with the price of fuel being so expensive, I started to rethink uh, that and, um, you know, being sort of a, a nerd and, a, you know, a geek and stuff like that, like I've talked about in the past. I love gadgets, I love electronics, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it re still really appeals to me to have like a full uh, electric car. Uh, and my friend, um, a childhood friend that I grew up with, uh, recently purchased a used uh, BMW i3. Um, this is like a little egg shaped uh, electric car. And uh, I thought it was uh, uh, a really, you know, cool looking uh, little car. So I started to really sort of dig into it. And, and for what he purchased it for, it was very affordable. Uh, so I thought, hey, that'd be kind of a fun little toy to have. Um, but the... Um, you know, those early used ones uh, were very limited on their battery size uh, for those BMW i3s. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm not too sure if, you know, you know, the i3 would be good, but there's some other options out there. So I started looking at uh, sort of all those initial, you know, Nissan Leafs, BMW i3s. Uh, and then another one uh, that stuck out that sort of seemed to be sort of class leading at that time when those sort of were the popular ones uh, was the Kia Soul uh, EV. 
and it was sort of class leading because it had the largest battery um, of those, uh, you know, initial ones, barring the Tesla. Um, but actually, behind the Tesla, it was the largest battery electric car behind the Tesla. Um, not that it was anywhere near the Tesla in battery size, but uh, of the other options, uh, the uh, Kia Soul had the longest range. So I started looking into those and. They consistently came up as sort of being like a best value. Uh, they also had the most sort of tech included, Apple, you know, CarPlay, Android Auto, uh, he- leather seats with uh, heated seats in the front and rear and air-conditioned seats in the front and heated steering wheel. Like, you get a lot of uh, bang for your buck uh, with one of those. And uh, so I started looking at them, and I've actually always liked uh, those little Kia Souls. I'm a fan of very small uh, odd cars going back to my uh you know volkswagen beetle days uh and have had uh, since had uh, uh another uh, small kia uh, rio uh, that i purchased uh, a few years back uh, that i was using as sort of like the estimator vehicle for my lawn care business so uh that's always kind of appealed to me so i started looking into those and uh, i found one so i ended up purchasing a 2017 uh, Kia Soul EV uh, just last week, actually. Uh, and uh, it's been fantastic. It's been so much fun uh, to drive around uh, in this like silent little car uh, that uh, is so efficient. And uh, it literally costs, uh, when I was doing the math and trying to figure it out, uh, to go from zero to like a hundred percent charge, uh, cost me about three dollars, uh, and th- I think it was three dollars and sixty something cents, uh, or three dollars and seventy something cents in uh, electricity uh, to charge it up. Now, of course, it doesn't have obviously the range of a Tesla or anything like that, but I thought, you know what? Uh, for the price of this vehicle, I could literally buy three of them for the cost of like a used Tesla. Uh, so I was like, you know, what? it's like, it just makes sense. Like, especially with the kids using it uh, and that sort of stuff uh, that uh, it just made sense to try it out. And it reminded me a lot of uh, uh, Michael Reed with the uh, Priuses. And I thought, hey, that'd be kind of neat to kind of actually, you know, try something similar just on a sort of experimental basis, even if it was like just a one day a week in my lawn care business to try to um, go like fully battery powered, including the vehicle, um, the mowers, the trimmers and all that sort of stuff. So that's something I may try to play with. Uh, this year uh, is trying to figure out sort of a setup like that. Um, so I'm going to start off initially with using, uh, again, uh, the Milwaukee uh, string trimmer, uh, at least because that's what I've got. I do need to sort out some sort of a blower. Um, I don't have the Milwaukee blower. I may purchase the Milwaukee blower or I may uh, purchase a different brand uh, blower. Uh, I'm also have been talking with uh, some other uh, manufacturers of battery powered equipment uh, and uh, we'll, uh, you know, if, if things pan out, uh, maybe testing some more uh, different brands out uh, for you guys as well in terms of uh, battery powered equipment. Uh, basically, uh, <clears throat> trying to sort this all out, figure out uh, you know, how feasible it is, what would be required, and what are sort of the pain points uh, that uh, come up when it comes to uh, using uh, battery-powered equipment. Now, uh, in terms of a mower, uh, I was uh, lucky enough, actually, uh, Echo just sent out um, one of their uh, new... 
um, E-Force uh, mower, so the mower that they uh, just released. Uh, the model number is the DLM 2100 SP, uh, which stands, so it's a 21-inch mower, uh, full battery-powered uh, mower, and the SP stands for self-propelled. So it's their self-propelled mower. I believe it has a steel uh, deck on it. Um, I think it has a single point height adjustment. It uses their 56 volt, uh, new E-Force battery system. It has a spot. Um, I actually just received it uh, in the mail. I popped it open, put the battery on the charger. It's got this massive, uh, battery that came with it, uh, 56 volt, of course. Uh, it's a five amp hour battery, so it's the larger of the batteries that they make. Uh, I believe they Echo is only putting out a 2.5 amp hour and the five amp hour battery. But the mower itself has a spot for two batteries, uh, but the mower only came with one. Uh, but obviously, if you put two batteries, you're going to get you know long double the runtime uh, with it. Uh, if required. So right now I only have the one battery to play with. So that is the, will be the biggest uh, uh, sort of pain point um, to see. Uh, Cause I don't know if uh, I would um, uh, can get a hold of getting more batteries for it to be able to do like a full day of mowing. That would be ideal uh, to be able to do. Now, I think when I was talking to, uh, Michael and Sandy, uh, doing those interviews that I think they were using like on a good day, they were using, I think as little as three batteries, uh, with the mower, the 21 inch mowers or 25 inch mowers that they were doing. Uh, now, obviously they were using different brands. I think they're using, um, one of them was using the, uh, Greenworks commercial brand, uh, mower. And then the other one was using, I believe, um, I can't remember. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, I, you know, I can't remember uh, the brand. It's a very, very popular uh, brand um, of electric uh, battery-powered equipment. Uh, yeah, I can't remember uh, the name. It's just gone blank on me right now, so I apologize for that. Uh, but anyways, uh, they were using between three to five batteries, depending on what they were doing. Uh, you know, it was more efficient to, from what I remember the conversations, it was more efficient to bag the lawns than to mulch. When they were mulching, that's when it would use uh, more battery, um, which obviously makes sense because the motor's working harder to cut that uh, those grass clippings up while you're still mowing new clippings. So for me, it works perfectly because I bag everything. So it'll be uh, a little bit more efficient to uh, run it uh, with uh, that. But I don't know um you know exactly what the runtime is on this e-force 56 volt uh battery system um we'll see how far that one battery can get me uh so initially um you know it's just going to be more just tests uh individual tests of doing maybe one or two houses or how many houses i can do on a single charge uh, because then, you know, I don't have another battery, uh, to, uh, continue on, uh, and be able to do like a full day uh, of mowing with it. So we'll see how that pans out. So I'll probably just do, uh, tests with different conditions, sort of, you know, mowing, you know, typical, uh, Pacific Northwest type conditions, mowing wet grass, um, you know, mulching, all that sort of stuff to, get, to give you guys a sort of a rundown of that, uh, particular, um, you know, those processes, uh, of that. Now, the other consideration that has me 
sort of thinking is now uh, I was thinking about this because I've been researching uh, for that uh, electric car that I purchased. Um, you know, it comes with what they call a, a granny charger, which is, uh, you know, most electric cars will come with that. Uh, basically, uh, just a, a charger that you can plug into your regular household, you know, 110 volt socket here in North America. Uh, but it takes, you know, forever to charge uh, the batteries. Uh, uh, if you're doing that, uh, you're talking like, you know, 16 to 24 hours or something to charge uh, the car to full. Um, versus having, uh, you know, your typical standard like level two charger that you would see at public charging stations, which is sort of the, you know, uh, typical norm. Uh, so in researching that and researching, you know, what would require to put that in the garage? Cause I already have 240 volt, uh, outlet in the garage and sort of, you know, looking into, you know, what amp, uh, size breaker I would need and all that sort of stuff. And then going to, uh, you know, the electrical panel and saying, you know, can it handle upping the breaker on that, um, uh, electrical plug, that 240 volt plug that I have in the garage. Cause I used, uh, when it was put in, I used a uh, very heavy wire, like eight, three, uh, wire, which can handle, I believe up to like a 50 amp breaker. Uh, and I currently only have a 20 amp breaker, uh, on it. So it has the wire and, and, and all that is capable of much higher, um, wattage or amperage. Uh, but I don't think my electrical panel, um, is able to do that because you have to obviously take into consideration uh, the house has, you know, obviously the, the washer and clothes dryer, the stove oven combo in the kitchen. Um, there's an air conditioning heat pump on the house that is also 240 volt. So all that stuff adds up quickly when you look at the uh, sort of service of the thing. So this is sort of the other pain point that I uh, now I'm running into going, okay, well, you know, now we add together, um, you know, uh, say, for example, using the Milwaukee string trimmer uh, and uh, say I go through two batteries uh, for string trimming uh, and you want to have maybe a third battery uh, just, you know, just in case a third battery back up there. So, you you know, and I happen to have uh, three nine amp hour batteries that I could use. So I'm going to have to charge those every evening uh, to use. Now, initially, it won't be a big deal because, well, I guess depending. If I if I use the trimmer, which I would like to use uh, on a daily basis, um, then, yeah, it's going to be, uh, and that's, again, this is where this pain point is coming in, is that uh, you don't want to become hostage to the battery charging uh, because then it really it makes it difficult. Uh, so, you know, I do have rapid chargers, I have multiple rapid chargers because every time I got a Milwaukee tool, I got it as a kit with the nine amp hour battery and it would come with the rapid charger. Uh, so, you know, I can set up multiple chargers plugged into say like a power, uh, you know, surge bar type thing. Uh, because, you know, you wouldn't want to have to, if you need two or three batteries, have to charge them one at a time, because now you're, like I said, you become hostage to battery charging. You can't, you know, take your, you know, you come home from work, you throw one on the charger, <clears throat> then, you know, you might have to run out uh, and take your kid to like little league practice or something like that. And then you got to remember to come, you know, when you get home to, you know, that, that hopefully that first battery is charged and then you can, you know, pop the second one on and then remember that, you know, before you go to bed to uh, hopefully, you know, that battery is charged and you can 
throw the third one in overnight, it becomes a huge headache. So you want to have, you know, at the very least, multiple chargers plugged in to, say, a power bar or something like that to have multiple uh, batteries going. Or uh, I've seen some companies have, like, you know, a multi-charger where you can put, like, you know, up to six batteries onto this, you know, like a charger so you plug that in and it'll intelligently charge multiple batteries you know doing them one at a time and each time it finishes one then you know it puts it in sort of in standby and then goes to the next one and then the next one after that and then you know hopefully uh, in the morning you wake up and all the batteries that you loaded up are all charged up uh so you you know there's that sort of uh an issue or a pain point to get through uh, the second thing uh, there uh, would be then also now if you're running, uh, so for me, you know, if I'm running, <clears throat> say, three nine amp hour batteries uh, just for the trimmer portion of it to have two for the trimmer, one spare. Uh, and now the one spare, uh, you know, if, um, you know, you get into a point where, you know, maybe you're not using it, maybe it's an occasional use that you just have it because it is just a spare. Uh, so maybe, you know, that that means then you're only really charging two batteries every night. Uh, you would probably maybe do it in rotation. So if you did two batteries one day and you had the spare, then maybe the next day I would use the spare plus one of the other batteries and you'd be only charging, you know, the other two batteries at night, sort of rotating them out. But then if you get into sort of like a handheld blower uh, with the Milwaukee, say if I go that route, um, then I could, I was thinking, you know, I could probably use the 12 amp hour battery that I have for the blower uh, to make it last longer uh, with that since the blower uses uh, more power. But again, my properties are tiny. So for weekly maintenance, you know, it it's probably only a few minutes on each property that I need the blower on. So the single 12 amp hour battery would probably work. And then, you know, I would have that third sort of nine amp hour battery spare uh, between the trimmer and uh, the blowers that I could uh, use. So, but then there's another battery that needs to be charged on a daily basis. And now you add in the mower and, you know, if the mower requires uh, three batteries or five batteries, like uh, some of these other guys uh, have been talking about, then you have to have a way to multi to charge all of those batteries uh, at the same time as well, and so you're either going to be setting up, you know, a few chargers uh, to be able to uh, multiple chargers to be able to charge multiple batteries at the same time, so you're not running into the same issue of having to switch out batteries every time uh, one's done charging manually and having to you know take it out and put in another battery you know, you get into that and then you add in the component of if you're going, you know, full on with an electric vehicle as well, uh, and you've got that charging, um, you know, it can quickly, I would think, um, start to be a lot of load on your house's electrical system, just in the garage portion, right? Just in tool chargers. Uh, and uh, even though <clears throat> obviously the car would be on a, its own circuit, uh, for, um, you know, uh, typically charging, uh, the electric car, if you're on 240 volt and stuff, then it's going to be on its own breaker and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, the smaller, um, you know, tools and stuff are going to be charging on your, uh, sort of standard household outlets that you have in the garage. But, you know, typically, um, you know, on a, a standard house, you know, you might have a couple of plugs in the garage, but they might be all coming off of the same circuit, um, uh, so, you know, it's every house obviously is going to be different, but it's just one of those things that you're just those things that's going through my head. Okay. Like, uh, 
how's this going to work? Because obviously you don't want to have it all set up and going and it looks like it's all charging and then you go back in the house and, or, you know, halfway through uh, the evening you're in, you know, sleeping and uh, the breaker trips and everything stops charging. And, you know, then you're, um, you know, you wake up in the morning and uh, your tools are all like half charged. So, you know, there's a lot to contend with, with, uh, you know, the types of batteries, uh, what system to go with, um, how long, how many batteries you need for your particular business um, to, you know, to work on that. Uh, and there's no doubt that as, you know, the future uh, continues, you know, it's still very, very early days, even though we've taken great strides. Um, you know, this whole weekend uh, that just passed was my first weekend with that little uh, electric car. And, uh, I tell you, like my kids took it out, uh, and drove, um, to a mall that was in <clears throat> another city, um, that, uh, was roughly about 40 uh, kilometers away. Uh, and then, you know, obviously I had to drive 40 kilometers back. That would have been, um, uh, easily $20 in fuel, uh, for, you know, him to drive there, uh, and back. Uh, and, you know, it was like a dollar. Uh, in electricity use, uh, taking the electric car. Um, and then my daughter took it out and then my wife took it out. Uh, I went, uh, into, uh, the main city with it and came back and, uh, it's been, uh, you know, a fun, you know, little car this, uh, past weekend. And it's just like, it really had opened my eyes thinking about like, wow, like if you told me a few years ago that, you know, um, you know, cars would be able to do that, even, even as limited range as that little Kia Soul is, uh, cause I believe it's like, um, I was getting about on a full charge, uh, about 160 on average, 160 kilometers, uh, is what it's showing for range, uh, on a full charge. So about a hundred and, uh, between 110, 120 miles, uh, on a full charge, um, so like I said, cause it's a very small battery, um, compared to, uh, you know, what most electric vehicles come with now. Now the, the plus side about it is because it has a small battery, it charges very, you know, quickly in relative when you have a level two charger in, uh, you know, uh, compared to another one, like a, it'll charge in two hours, uh, from zero with a level two charger versus, you know, six to eight hours for like a Tesla to charge, uh, because of, uh, the much larger battery, uh, in a Tesla, uh, when you're using just a standard, like a uh, 32 amp level two, uh, type charger. So, you know, and for, you know, the commute and stuff like that. In fact, my wife took it to work uh, today. She works in that, you know, in the other city. Uh, so she took it to work and, and back and typically it costs her $20 a day in fuel, uh, for her uh, four cylinder, uh, SUV, uh, to drive, uh, to work and back. Uh, but it really opened my eyes to the great strides in battery power, just, you know, with a car that's already, you know, uh, five years old, uh, that is almost actually almost five years old, turning five, uh, in a few months. Uh, the car still has, uh, you know, a, I believe it has like a four, 
four or five months left of the bumper to bumper warranty. And then it's got uh, three years of uh, the full like electrical drivetrain warranty, including the battery, the motor, charger, inverter, all that stuff that makes the car go uh, is uh, covered for up to eight years. So we've got uh, three years of uh, that warranty uh, to give us a little bit of peace of mind uh, with our first little experimental uh, electric car uh, to play around with. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's really opened my eyes on um, uh, driving it around and stuff uh, and uh, sort of, you know, what the future will hold uh, with uh, cars and how, you know, a brand new 2022, obviously, electric car, uh, the ranges are, uh, you know, well over uh, 200 miles in most of them. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's like 400 kilometers uh, for a car. So, uh, you know, four times uh, the range uh, of uh, that uh, one that I got. Now, the other consideration, of course, as well, whether it's tools or cars, uh, when you're talking about battery power, uh, and it's something that has to be considered is battery degradation. And that is, you know, over time, uh, just like your, you know, your iPhone or your, you know, Android phone, um, over the years, uh, it will not hold a charge as long as it did when it was new. The batteries do naturally degrade uh, with every charge. Uh, so, you know, what was 100% uh, full uh, when, you know, that battery was new um, is less full uh, when, you know, it still says it's charged to 100%, you know, four years later or two years later, whatever the case may be. So tools and stuff are going to be the same. Now, with cars, it's a little bit better uh, because cars have, you know, and, and, you know, cell phones and stuff too, they do to an extent have, um, you know, ma battery management systems where, you know, like your iPhone for partic in particular, if you plug that in and charge it, it will charge faster in the beginning, then it slows down the charge uh, to sort of uh, help uh, mitigate heat and preserve, uh, you know, the longevity of that battery. Uh, cars, I think, have a little bit more sophisticated systems because they can have, you know, either liquid cooled or air cooled batteries with fans and things like that to help that. Uh, so, you know, in that uh, Kia, for example, um, I did a, a battery, what they call a battery state of health uh, check, where you plug into like the OBD uh, sensor and you can use some uh, apps and stuff uh, that will read uh, off of uh, the, you know, the, I think they call it the BMS, like the, uh, uh, it's like the computer of uh, the car and uh, will uh, give you what the, uh, the battery state of health is. And on that Kia, so for a car that is five years old, coming up on five years in a few months from when it was first uh, sold, uh, the battery state of health uh, is currently at 97.6%. Um, uh, so it's at 97.6% uh, where when it was obviously brand new, it would have been at 100%. So over five years, um, and the car has like 70,000 uh, kilometers on it, on the odometer. So I'm not sure what that is, probably like uh, 40,000 miles on the car, um, something like that, I would guess. Um, you know, it's lost 2.4% of its maximum capacity over five years and that many kilometers. So it really does, um, with the car at least, uh, kind of point to where they, you know, all these manufacturers say that, you know, your electric car battery will probably outlast the car itself. 
And at only 2.4% degradation over five years, um, you know, that's pretty good considering that I think they kind of underestimate your range anyways, because, um, you know, everything that I read about that car, uh, brand new, it was advertised with uh, here in Canada with, you know, 149 kilometer range and, uh, or, um, 90, I think it's 93 miles, 93 miles or 149 kilometers. Uh, for the range brand new. Well, I'm getting uh, on average uh, so far, uh, you know, the f- past four or five days that we've had it, uh, getting 160, 165 kilometers of range uh, currently. And it's still cold outside. And apparently, you know, temperature has a lot to do with it. So on warmer days, you're, you get more. And on colder days, you get less as you use, uh, obviously, batteries, um strain a little bit more in cold temperatures, but then also you're also using things like the heaters and things like that, which obviously are going to draw off the battery. So you get less range. So for the car to be doing, you know, in normal conditions right now, 165, which is more than what it was advertised brand new, and it's at 97% uh, battery health, 97.6%, uh, battery health, um, tells me that, uh, you know, the battery is very healthy and, uh, that, uh, you know, it probably would, um, outlast, uh, the, you know, life of the car. Uh, so it's very interesting with tools. I think, um, you know, it won't be as, um, uh, it's sophisticated uh, when you look at the batteries and stuff for that. Uh, so you might have more uh, degradation um, because you, you know, we've all seen uh, with, you know, drills and things like that, when you're using that sort of stuff, the batteries can get really quite warm. Uh, and, uh, you know, that is going to, um, you know, uh, degrade uh, batteries as well. Uh, so, you know, there's so many uh, different um uh, things that have to be considered. Uh, And that's why I'm excited about doing this, um, sort of uh, deciding to sort of take this uh, to the next kind of, uh, you know, level uh, and see, um, you know, try to use at least the string trimmer on a daily basis. Once I get uh, past my first cuts, um, you know, I plan on carrying uh, the gas trimmer uh, with me. Uh, I'm going to be doing you know, I, last week I mentioned I started doing some of the first cuts uh, one day, uh, and I used just gas stuff uh, for the first day. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, second day, once I get all the first cuts down, uh, edging done, all that sort of stuff, uh, then I will continue the weekly maintenance with the uh, Milwaukee stuff for now. Uh, and again, potentially maybe with some other brands uh, to try out uh, as well, and really sort of kind of figure out, um, you know, uh, charging and all that sort of stuff, seeing how feasible it is, what sort of things I can learn, tips and tricks from doing that, that I can pass along uh, as well, sort of be the, you know, crash test dummy of uh, electric uh, uh, sort of uh, lawn care uh, stuff to be able to pass along to you guys uh, on uh, some ways uh, to do it. If you're thinking about transitioning uh, to doing that, because, you know, it's inevitable that it's going that way, uh, that, uh, you know, there's a lot of places already banning uh, gas-powered uh, lawn equipment uh, or proposing bans against gas-powered lawn equipment. And I'd much rather uh, be able to figure it out now uh, and, you know, uh, 
address those quirks and stuff when I'm not forced to use that stuff uh, and be able to still be able to go and, you know, grab a gas powered piece of equipment if I need to, if things aren't working the way they are, or, you know, the bugs and stuff aren't all kinked, uh, you know, worked out that I can, you know, go to the gas stuff uh, versus waiting till the last moment when, you know, uh, laws change and things happen. Now you're forced to use electric and you haven't uh, spent any time or figured it all out and uh, trying to, uh, you know, get sort of a groove on and running into issues. So I'd rather do that and obviously have some, you know, for me, it's the geeky nerdy thing to do to play around and and try different brands and try different uh, systems and and ways and to figure it out. And uh, I think it would be fun uh, to kind of do um, a full electric setup. and, uh, you know, I've got one day a week where it would be perfect, where I just do very small houses. Um, and it's always the one that gives me the most pain when it comes to parking and all that sort of stuff. So I thought, you know what, I wouldn't mind doing that, like um, doing that one day a week, at least, uh, uh, where I take the, the electric car. My wife can take her SUV back to work that one day a week. Um, and, uh, you know, I can uh, take the car and... Um, and figure out something kind of like a quiet lawn where there's like a rack on the back where I can put a mower on the back of it. So I'm not having to like load or lift the mower into the back of the car or anything like that. Um, where I can just, you know, put the trimmer and stuff uh, in the back of the car or figure out a rack or something. Um, you know, if I'm doing that, uh, where I'm putting mower on the back, uh, some sort of, uh, almost like, um, uh, you know, like the equipment defender racks or something like that, where you can put the trimmer and stuff as well. Uh, maybe have that attached right to that rack that fits sort of that mobility type scooter type rack that would go into like a receiver hitch with a little ramp that would fold down and that, and just to play around one day a week and see, uh, get your route done with this ultra compact, um, you know, battery powered motor, battery powered trimmers, blowers, and uh, even uh a full, you know, electric car, uh, as well, uh, to do it just to experiment and see how feasible it is. So I may play around with that. Uh, so don't be surprised if you start seeing, uh, some photos on Instagram of, uh, you know, a little full like battery setup uh, a couple times uh, throughout the year, uh, trying uh, as I experiment and try with that. Um, but of course, that brings up a whole, you know, as even as I say it, uh, other issues that start working through my brain with, you know, if you have that there, how do you lock it down so that, you know, as you're trimming, somebody doesn't walk off with a mower or, you know, do you leave the batteries on there? Do you take the batteries off every time because it's exposed to the outside again somebody can walk away with the batteries or uh you know if it's raining can i use that stuff in the rain you know there's just so many things to uh play around with and work out uh where uh you know a lot of that stuff you don't have to think about uh, or even worry about uh, with gas powered uh type of equipment um but yeah it's just uh, like i said very 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 interesting uh uh, to figure out, uh, you know, as I called this episode, the problems with switching uh, to battery-powered equipment. Uh, but I'm excited about trying it out and, and seeing, and again, uh, like I said, being sort of the crash test dummy for you guys uh, in terms of, um, you know, uh, the guinea pig, I guess, uh, of, uh, you know, experimenting and kind of uh, trying to figure out uh, a system uh, to use uh, or, you know, maybe a profitable system. 
of uh, battery powered equipment uh, that you could use uh, for a lawn care business. Uh, you know, sounds like a, a lot of fun for me to try out. Uh, and then go, obviously, uh, I can't do it every day um, with the lawns and stuff that I have set up, of course. Uh, and I also have uh, that beautiful uh, Xmark Navigator uh, to uh, do a lot of uh, mowing and stuff on uh, that I got last year. So, uh, you know, I'm not giving up uh, the gas powered stuff anytime soon. Uh, but uh, just, uh, you know, basically picking a day a week where, uh, you know, those, those neighborhoods and that route really would lend itself to battery powder equipment to be able to do that stuff. So uh, that's it uh, for this one, guys. Uh, here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now. <laughs>